Roses, lavender, peppermint, fresh ocean air, citrus. These are a few of the favorite smells of my next guest, an intuitive business coach, energy healer, speaker, and author. Up next. Get ready for the real estate show that takes you across the barriers and into the danger zone. That in Real Estate Podcast with your host, Tenacious T. Nicole Caldwell. My, my, my. I'm so excited <laughs> to have you here. It's one of the benefits of this job of mine is to be able to speak with magnificent humans such as yourself. Please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah. So, hi, I'm Nicole. And I'm really passionate about life and yeah. really just living the best life that we have now. I found myself as a child being told that I was too much, too sensitive, you know, all of these things, yet I knew that what I was feeling was was real. Right. And I always knew that I had this bigger purpose to help the world. I didn't know how, mm -hmm. but I knew that. And through the death of my mom, that really catapulted me into my purpose. Yeah. To yeah. trust my intuition, to be empowered. Yes. To be my own doctor, so to speak, and really tune into my body and understand these sensations that are coming up. If there yes. was any disease or any ailments or pain to tune in deeper that there was a message there yeah and that i got to pay attention to that yeah i got to feel it to heal it so yeah. that i could be the best version of me and now through that experience supporting others with being empowered on their own spiritual journey yeah. and yeah. really weaving that into everything that they do. So one of the commonalities and things that I have found in my own journey and people that I have spoken with is it truly was either with you from the beginning, which it is, right? right. That, that sort of awareness really is with us. Yeah. It's just not recognizable. Right. And sometimes the sledgehammer has to come in. Mm. And for you, that was your mother. Yeah. Losing your mother yes. to cancer, correct? Yes. Yeah. So you're a child that I'm going to say was floating around on a certain vibe. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you kind of recognized that in yourself. Did you feel different from your friends? Yes. I felt, you know, I was that person that was friends with everybody. I didn't necessarily like gravitate towards one click, but mm -hmm. I felt like I never really fit in where I was. Right. I could be a chameleon and fit in, in those yeah. moments, in those circumstances, but I didn't feel like that was me. Right. And we aren't necessarily taught that you're born to stand out. It's okay not mm -hmm. to fit in. Even if you are taught that when you're in school with the kids, yeah. you feel like, hey, I want to belong. Yeah. I want to belong. The fashion, the uniforms, the the sports, the whatever it is happening at that time, you right. want to be a part of that. Exactly. And for you, you were raised by your mother, father. Tell Both. me about your 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 childhood a little bit and how you were raised and where you where you were raised. Yeah, I'm an Arizona native. Nice, yay! <laughs> <laughs> and you know, for me, I was raised very in a very religious household. Mm -hmm. 
And I remember at one point I just started questioning things. I didn't really f- like align with the narrative that was being taught to me in church because it was preaching that, you know, God is this all loving, encompassing person. Yet if I did anything wrong, made a mistake, I was going to go to hell. Yes. And I didn't get that. And so I began questioning like, okay, well, who is this person? Like, is he real? Because we're all believing in this person that I can't see. And I was shut down with that. It's like, if you're questioning, that means the devil's with yes. you. You just blind faith. Yes. And as a child, that's very impactful because mm-hmm. as as human beings, we're naturally curious. Yes. It's okay to ask questions. It doesn't mean anything. Right. You're just wanting to learn more information. And it's very similar to children are to be seen and not heard. Very much so. Same with religion. Yeah. Religion is to be heard, but you're never to question what you see. Exactly. Yeah. And so for me, it I knew from a child that there was something greater out there. I had always been interested in psychics and mediums, yet like the church was, no, you yeah. don't do this. There's yet a my... scripture that says, do not be seeking those readers of the stars. And then my yes. mom, though, she had this like curiosity. She had friends that were very psychic that would give her messages mm-hmm. and things like that. And that always intrigued me. I wanted to be that person yeah. that knew to provide the <laughs> guidance. Yeah. And I just thought it was reserved for like a select few. I'm, yes. I just thought, well, I guess that's not me, I, even though that's what I want. Mm-hmm. And as I've gone on this journey, there's this reason why I was seeking, wanting to understand, because it was within me. Yeah. We're all intuitive. We're, we all have these gifts within us. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a matter of what we do with it and yes. if it's nurtured, just like sports. You know, some people are more naturally gifted at certain sports and... If you nurture that, then people become professional athletes and things like that. And same with intuition. And so for me, it wasn't necessarily, I don't know that my parents knew what to do, right? Right. They were just doing the best with what they knew. And as I got older and began seeking myself, I realized that this was something I wanted to develop more. And it was something that I was already connected to. I was having prophetic dreams as a kid. I would think something and then it would happen. And it honestly freaked me out because Mm -hmm. I didn't know what this was. And so I thought, oh my gosh, if I don't like someone and I wish something ill, like I caused that type of thing. And so I shut that down and I started using, turning to drugs and alcohol and partying too numb to quiet the voice yes yeah and so i was depressed as a child um went to see counselors was put on different prescription medications and it helped in that moment but yet then i felt disconnected from my emotions i wasn't feeling and so it was you were empty yeah and it wasn't until i was in a corporate job that was no longer fueling my soul i could feel there was something pulling me somewhere else that I had a breakdown on the job at work. I ended up putting on so much weight. I was over 250 pounds and just like not wanting to do anything with my life. And that breakdown is what really started me connecting back to myself and my feelings, knowing that it was okay to feel. Yes. And also to learn about other holistic and natural healing alternatives to help with these things. Because I didn't want to be on medication for the rest of my life. There was this knowing within me that that this can't be the only way. There has to be another way. I didn't know what that way was, but that seeking, that asking questions, following 
where I felt led and guided to is what really opened the door for me to learn that I didn't have to be on medication forever, that I wasn't because somebody had diagnosed me with these different conditions, it didn't Which, mean that that was what I was boxed into for the rest of right. my life. Which you were diagnosed bipolar, correct? Yes. And this was before the loss of your mother? Yes. Okay. So my oldest child, um, bipolar. Mm. My youngest child, these are the diagnoses, right? Right. Youngest child, autistic. Mm. Um, his twin, bipolar. My Jason probably was too. Mm. If we're going on those labels, the 3D human world has to give labels. And in a lot of cases, of course, there's things that need to be tweaked or fixed. But in your case, and in the case of a lot of people, it's dealing with all of those gifts that are trying to bubble up inside of us and not trusting what that is because of the old programming of the world telling you that it is wrong. Right. And you're going to do whatever it is that you have to do to appear normal and fit in. Yeah. And that's what I really feel like it was. It was just me suppressing who I truly was, and it didn't have an outlet to come up and out. And so it manifested in these other conditions Mm -hmm. because what I was experiencing fit into this category of symptoms. So it's like, okay, this is what's going on with you. And this is who you are now. Yeah. As opposed to having another perspective on, well, maybe there's something that needs to come up and through you that wants to be expressed. Yes. Like, what are you not speaking? Right. And that's really what it was. I wasn't being who I truly was. Mm-hmm. And I had taken on all of these energies, like looking back, like I had no idea about we were energetic beings and that you as an empath, like picking up other people's stuff. Yeah, I didn't either. What? (laughs) Yeah. And so like learning, no wonder I felt that way because it was like, I was taking on everybody's stuff and processing it for them, not knowing what it was that I was doing, not knowing how to maintain energetic boundaries. And having the gift of um, one of two things, either a vision that you're going to manifest or, a vision from what could happen in the near future or far future. As a child, yeah, you would see that as, oh my gosh, I cursed somebody. Or, um, oh my gosh, I'm finding joy in this feeling of spirituality, yet I'm being told it's wrong. And it continues to to stuff you down. Yeah. So you're you're overweight, you're in a corporate job, you're diagnosed. Right. Continue your story. Tell me what happens next. (laughs) So I remember the counselor I had was, he was so amazing. I remember just reaching out, like, I want to find other alternatives to get off this prescription medication. And he was, I mean, God sent because he was like, yeah, we totally can. Like, there's this supplement and this that can have this mimic the same effects that you can start taking and working with your psychiatrist to wean off of this stuff. And I remember when I was weaning off the medications, I really understood why people just stay on the medications because what I experienced was so, it was intense. It was hard at times. Like, I mean, it was emotional, like this roller coaster, Mm -hmm. this dip of, okay, I feel great. And then like feeling like the deepest lows, like wanting to commit suicide. And it was just like, how can I, how am I gonna make it through this? And without that support system, I I don't know if I would have. And, you know, I really then began following, trusting more of my intuition. 
yeah. going in a different path. And I was about to graduate with my degree in behavioral science. And I was just like, I don't, I can't do this. I don't know how to separate myself from patients yeah. and my own energy mm -hmm. because just doing like the clinical like case studies, I was feeling so heavy. Yeah. And it was then God put it into this doctor's head. Like she's like, <laughs> what about life coaching? And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I really want, I, right. I was lit up. Yeah. And it was on graduation day, a girl I had never met graduating in the same degree program. She was like, what are you going to do? And I said, you know, I want to look into a life coaching school. I don't know where I know I want to do it in physically. She gave, she just r rattled off like the exact <laughs> name of where to go. And it was just like, Oh my gosh! Yes, this you is love what it I when do. stuff like that happens. I it's love so good. It. It's like chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> it is. It's so good. <laughs> and that's what I've seen. Like my life is this constant synchronicity where I want something or I think about something, and the universe just puts it right in front yeah. of me, just like that. Yeah. And so I began following that path, and it's been such a freeing path of following what lights me up and trusting what feels good when something feels heavy there's a disconnect there you're following the path of joy exactly yeah yeah and so it's <laughs> been a really it's been hard at times i'm yeah. not gonna lie it hasn't been this smooth easy sailing path but it's been worth it because i feel like i'm so I don't want to say 100% not affected by anything going right. on outside of, of me, course, of but course. it's very minimal to where I can find my center and mm -hmm. my peace and be grounded no matter what's going on, right. especially like right now with everything that's going on in the world. I know a lot of people are getting caught up in yes. the fear and the chaos. And at times I can see myself like mm -hmm. going there because that's what the majority is doing. Yes. And almost like a part of me feels like, well, if I don't feel like the majority, am I doing something wrong? Like, am I right. wrong? Like, but then I that come old back to programming, right? Yes. Yeah. And then I come back to center and it's like, no, Nicole, like, you know where you're, yes. like the, you can trust yourself. You know, everything is going to be okay. Like this is part of the trans transformation. Yes. And I really feel like 2012 is really when my, I f the f spiritual awakening for myself yeah. really began. And I feel like I've been doing this internal work for now, mm -hmm. for what's happening mm -hmm. now to help be a lighthouse, to be grounded. And so people can like see like, okay, there is this other way. And and here's the key thing that, that I think the viewers and the listeners need to understand mm. is ascension. Us us coming in contact with the great I am, which lies inside of us, yes. is very much like coming off the medication of being treated for bipolar. Yeah. It is an up and down roller coaster that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And it is painful. Yeah. But you, my dear gifted girl, not only have you been that on the physical human level, mm. but you've been flowing through that your entire life. Yeah. Which makes you an experiential, knowledgeable expert. Thank in you. my in my opinion. So, I appreciate that. So you you're in 2012. Um, is that where we lost our mom or it was the next year after that. But in 2012, I was seeing a lot of 1111 mm. and I didn't know yeah. what it meant, but I knew it meant something <laughs> yeah. because I kept seeing it. And I was traveling for work at the time. I never ask people what they're watching, like, in, in, like because I'm like, oh, well, they're, that's their thing. Well, um, I led doctoral residencies, and the receptionist at the campus, 
she, I asked her what she was watching. I felt guided to, and she was watching something on the meaning of 1111. And she starts telling me about it and I start getting chills all over my body and I start crying. I don't even know this girl and I just start crying because I felt like I had the answers finally to what was going on. Yeah, oh, I've I've been in those moments. It was just like, yes! And it's (laughs) the strangest feeling because you're crying, you're you're weeping, but you're not really weeping in in sadness, you're weeping in reunion. Yes. Right? Yeah. It was yeah. just like, this is what I've been working towards. Like, yeah. here, it, here it is, Nicole. And so that just opened like a whole slew of different <laughs> things where I went on all these different paths. But it was later that year my mom was diagnosed with gastric cancer. And she had been having stuff gone with acid reflux. And they'd just been treating that. Yeah. They hadn't been treating, looking at what was going on with her. It was just the symptoms. And I remember I was starting to learn about our food system and organic and like alternative healing modalities. And but I didn't know enough. And right. when I asked my mom what she was gonna do, she said she was gonna go the chemo route. And a part of me was like, oh, I don't want that because I know there's like, there are a lot of people who recover, but there's a lot of people who don't. And right. I felt like that meant it was a death sentence for my mom. Um, and But at the same time, I knew I had to just trust her path and her journey. I didn't consciously, cognitively understand that, but I was just like, she has to do what feels right for her. Right. And so through that year of her going through chemo treatments, taking her to all her appointments, her having surgery to remove like most of her stomach because it was gastric cancer, I just saw how strong my mom was. She never questioned why me. She just kept a positive attitude through it all. And I felt like that was the time we were already extremely close, but like we became even more close because I saw her faith just shine through and looking back now I can see like how connected my mom was all the things like that I do now that I was like oh that's just this weird shit my mom does or whatever (laughs) was like oh maybe my mom didn't even realize what she was doing but that's what her intuition led her using incense listening to music that the words were high frequency instead of like all of this other stuff I was just like mom listen to the latest hits and now like learning more about all of these things that are coming out, it's like, oh, no wonder, like, my mom didn't gravitate towards that. No wonder I haven't been gravitating towards that anymore because it's no longer in resonance with the frequency that I'm at. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, I I mean, there's there's shows and music I used to listen to, and now it's like, where's my modern classical? (laughs) So I can get on that vibe. Right. I have to write something now. (laughs) You know, it's like, it it, it is true that, um, again, as we evolve and become closer to that beautiful being that we all are a part of. Yeah. We tend to connect back to those original little tidbits and lessons. And she sounds like an amazing, amazing light. She really is. And it was, you know, through seeing her and like just having like this amazing mom and just having so many synchronies that even synchronicities that led up to her death it was just like okay god the universe like there's it's real like there's something there's this bit like bigger force outside of us that's here to support us and guide us and i want to learn how to connect with it and i want to learn how to 
just have an easier, more joyous life to where I don't have to struggle as much because she grew up in, she was raised in Africa for a little bit, lived most of her life in England. But I mean, from a third world country, I've been back there most of many times. And it's just like, I can see what conditioning she had and why she was sharing or raising me the way that she did. Mm -hmm. And that was part of my journey to learn those things, but also unlearn those things now so that I can be more of a light and be here for now. I have a daughter. Yeah. And so after my mom had passed, it, it was, it was hard. And I didn't allow myself to really process the grief because I was learning about, well, our, no, but you don't really die. Like, right. it's just a body. And so I was like, well, I shouldn't feel sad because my mom really is still here and mm. she's around me. And yes. it was like the spiritual bypassing. Right. And that, I wasn't processing that. So that was leading to other things mm-hmm. of me feeling just not happy still. Yeah. And it wasn't until I started working with flower essences, like that allowed me to really let go and process this deep grief that I didn't realize I even had. That is so interesting. And what you're saying is very, very true because we we want to escape that pain. Mm -hmm. We don't want to feel that. Right. That, that. It, it is a human pain, right? But mm. it's we're we're supposed to experience that, exactly. and it is that that is the sledgehammer. <laughs> For me, that was you know yeah. my son losing my son was the sledgehammer. It was just boom, start yeah. all over, Kimberly, because boom, you're not understanding boom what you're supposed to be doing right now. Right, and 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 we do we we want to find any way to escape that, and you're already having a head start in the spirituality of it and the synchronicity of what god is i can see i would totally have jumped in that direction to escape that but you have to let the body grieve the heart yes needs to grieve yeah and that's it just with anything we experience in life right it's just like allowing ourselves to physically feel that because it does get stored in our body yeah. and we're not taught that either no. right and that can show up in other things pain discomfort like not allowing yourself to receive or just not feeling like it's ever enough right. to be happy and so It was hard in the moment, but looking back now, I can see her death has been the greatest gift and the biggest blessing. Yeah. And I'm able to like just see like, wow, how selfless of an act that of death that my mom gave to me to allow me to grow into my own and be who I'm here to be with without without her here because I know that probably would have been harder for me to feel like I'm fully expressed because of the religion aspect of things. And so the, the soul chooses the path. We know this and um, we know that we are here for a specific reason. Yes. It it takes the sledgehammer to remember that reason, but she did choose to choose the pain and suffering of this life to go through what she went through with cancer and leaving you. Right. Her daughter, her purpose. Right. She knew she was going to have to do that on a soul level, and it was. It was a great sacrifice. And I see my own son the mm. same way. Obviously, there's free will. Obviously, there's many different routes that you can take. Right. But your soul is aware of the route that it's taking when it comes here. Yeah. And that was a huge one. Yeah. 
And it's so interesting, you know, something looking back, I remember as a kid, I would just be in my room and I would cry like, I don't want my mom to die. Yeah. There was nothing wrong with her, nothing for me to even be doing that. But it was like there was this connection yeah. that I knew that I was going to lose my mom yeah. at a younger age and she wasn't going to be here for what I thought was going to, you know, for until yeah. she was in her 80s, 90s, 100 right. year, year yeah. old, years old. And so for me, that really launched me into my purpose. And I I met my daughter's father right before my mom passed. Aww. And it was just so cool because it was like, I hadn't had like a deep connection with someone before. And I would ask my mom like, why? all my friends are getting married, why am I not? Right. And she's like, Nicole, just trust. Like, you don't know what's going on with them, just trust. And it was like, just a few weeks before I was like, mom, I think I met this the guy that I want to be with and I was really excited and it was really amazing because during the time she was in the hospital like he never got to meet her but he would come up there and hang out at the hospital and words with friends that was the game that was popular then we I'd be in her room bedside like playing and he'd be out in the waiting room yeah and so it was like I feel like he was introduced in my life at that time to really help me with the transition of grieving yes. but also yes coming more into myself and because I he was he was the gift that you gave yourself for this lifetime to get you through those moments yeah, yeah for sure and I feel like it's been such a healing experience with him we had my daughter about a year later after my mom passed that wasn't planned and no. so she it feels like my mom had to go before like because now mm -hmm. she's watching over my daughter yeah. and it's just been motherhood has been like the most enlightening experience. Oh. Oh, I yeah. I've heard it before. I've heard it somewhere, but motherhood <laughs> is the fastest way to enlighten it. Oh, <laughs> like, because it yes. just it's this mirror. It's so much growth. All of the things that you thought you knew, like out the door, and right. like putting your needs aside for this person that's growing within you yeah. and then also like who am i now with this person right. how do i prioritize myself still how do i provide? stop swearing in front of this tiny little being <laughs> okay let me know when you figure that <laughs> yeah, one out it's not gonna happen because <laughs> so. i'm still trying to figure that one out no it, it, it is true and it and and to be fair it doesn't not every mother who gives birth or you know father parent adoption of a child not everyone feels that right. sudden like Oh my God! I, right, I so get this, and of course, it's just a taste of it. But there is something in caring for something that needs you a hundred percent that cannot survive without you being like, okay, you're going over here, and this person's going to take care of this baby, and that ego can go away. Yeah, it definitely wasn't instant for me. It, there was a lot of just anger initially because it was just like why well, my mom's not here to help yeah. me and she was a midwife you know like yeah. that's what she did and I'm like how is my mom not here for this and just how do I how do I take care of myself and this person because yeah. we had so many challenges with breastfeeding and things like that and postpartum depression that I didn't I wasn't enjoying mm, motherhood. Yeah. It was supposed to be this beautiful I'm a goddess. I'm right. breastfeeding this child the the life force of my milk, you know. Yeah, it's like it does it does not happen that way. It is it is ugly. I had twins so one was pooping why one couldn't latch on and then I'm crying and honey where are you? And it it is it is not glamorous by any means. No. And I could see like the 
resistance that I had to like just growing and being somebody different because it was like, I want to be me. Now, I who am I with mm-hmm. this person? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to lose myself right. in motherhood. I, you know, because I feel like my mom did such a great job at being independent and taking care of herself and, you know, making a great living for herself. Yet, I feel like she would use me though as an excuse. Well, I want to go to law school and do this, but I'm going to wait till you're done with school or uh, I'm going to wait till this. And it putting was like, aside your dreams right. to make sure that you give your child 110 percent. Exactly. But what a lot of people don't realize is that in order to give your child 110 percent, you have to fulfill your dreams. Exactly. And yeah. that's what I've been learning, that balance of doing that, because there was I that's where I started my business. Yeah. It was birthed after having my daughter because it was like I I could feel my gifts coming online Mm -hmm. even more. Mm And I knew I wanted to serve and I wasn't going to allow, I didn't want to just be a mom. Yeah. Like that was my thing. I don't want to just be a mom, even though. Which is fine to just be a mom. It's totally fine. fine. That's a big job. It is. (laughs) But as you say, some of us just have a calling to do something in addition to. Exactly. And that's what I've learned. Like, that's what that was, mm-hmm. is there was there was this greater, even bigger purpose than I can see that yeah. I'm here to support. Yeah. And so, I mean, I feel like it's my daughter's five now. It's been in the last few years that I really have settled more into the about like the motherhood and taking care of me as well yeah. like and knowing that i'm being an example to her by yes. me prioritizing what i want to do and taking care of me and what feels good for me i'm being an example to her of what's yes. possible that love it doesn't isn't sacrifice right which is what i feel like was shown to me as a child and i feel like a lot of people and it's i I know that I'm here to heal these past ancestral wounds of sacrificing, of settling, of trying to do it all yourself and not allowing people to support you because I wasn't allowing people to support me. I could barely walk for months after my daughter's birth and I was not reaching out for support. I was just trying to do it all myself and that made it that much harder. Because we feel like we're a burden. We do not want to be a burden. When we're in the role of servitude, which, right. you know, that's that's a big thing for me, too. I am the suicide eradicator. I'm going to eradicate suicide by serving people to help them come out of that darkness. Right. For you, embracing the serve means you can't ask for help. Mm. You can't be the burden because they're looking to you right. for help, right? Yeah. And that is the big mistake a lot of people make. Yes. I don't care if you've been studying for 105 years. You will still have moments where you need help. 100%. And I feel like that has been something I've been really allowing myself to receive more because allowing yourself to receive more help in one area is allowing yourself to receive more in all areas of your life. You know, that quote, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. And I could see how much control I liked, former control freak here. (laughs) Um, And motherhood like is messy there's no control (laughs) yeah it cuts that out or it's very painful and hard and very sticky and messy and I really have come to this place of like okay I get to receive support like for my self-care I get to be the best version of me so 
everybody gets the best of me yes. and not the rest of me. Yes. And I wasn't practicing that before. Right. Right. And it's it's been really amazing because yeah. it's I feel so much better when so you finally supported. when you finally release that when yes. you finally ask for the help have you found that you've come closer to god to the great i am to greater to the greater purpose of what you're doing 100 percent, so much so <laughs> because a lot of these situations have just i mean you can either struggle and like claw your way through and be dragged or you can enjoy the process yes. and the journey yeah. and it's like you're still gonna get there but like what do you want your journey to be right and so i've just been letting go like so much more and just a, like trusting that God knows what I want. Yeah. God is taking care of it. I can only do so much here as a human. Yes. But God, the universe, it's limitless. Let go, let God. Yes. Yeah. And it's just so amazing <laughs> in how I am so supported and just allowing spirit to to do its job, yeah. right? Because the what is our responsibility, the how is the universe's. Yeah. And when we're trying to do Say that the how, one more time, that was beautiful. The what is our responsibility and the how is the universe's job. <laughs> and so really get out nice. of the way. That's like cake. <laughs> yes, it's like get out of the way and allow the universe to work its magic yeah. because that's yeah. it's that's what it feels like is magic just the way the universe is able to rearrange things that you couldn't even possibly yeah. conceptualize yeah. with your human mind. Yeah. And it's just so much more relaxing. It's so much easier. It's so much more enjoyable. Absolutely. When you, when, when you stop fighting, <laughs> when you stop fighting what you think you're supposed to be doing or what you think is the, the path that, well, everybody else is doing this, so this is what I'm going to do. Right. When you stop fighting that and start listening to that little thing that comes from the voice here, then it's a lot easier. It's not, yes. it's still not pretty. Right. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> We're getting there. That brings me to the five things you do on a daily basis. Yeah. Gratitude practice, morning ritual, spend time with your daughter, move your body, and sleep. Yes. Tell me a little bit more about moving. Are you awake yet? More with the gifted Nicole Caldwell answering the famous questions in part two. That bitchin' real estate show.